0: Okay, so I am here with Dick Cavett, who is the author of Cavett, Ion on Cavett, Fly on Cavett, Floating Apple Pie on Cavett, and of course, Cavett 5, More Cavett, More Man than the previous four. Uh, but also, most recently, uh, the author of numerous New York Times columns. Dick, how are you doing? It's a pleasure to have you here.
1: Uh, oh, I'm trying to remember if I really wrote two books or all those you mentioned. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, I think a few of them came through very dubious presses. But, yes,
1: uh, yes, I'm sure they did. Uh, What did you ask me, by the way? I I a hell way to start off conversation. Yeah, I just Uh, trying to
0: do what you do to sort mm -hmm. of have a thematic uh, carryover. You're you're handing me the Olympic torch, and I'm running with it here. So, but
1: don't burn yourself. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I want to actually ask you. You have worked numerous jobs. You've been a talk yeah. show host, you've been a magician, you've been a gymnast, you have been a uh, a man on commercials. Gymnastics
1: uh, champion sounds yes, better.
0: Yes, you have been an occasional actor. Yeah. Uh, but I'm curious... Caddy. Yeah, caddy. Don't,
1: don't leave out caddy.
0: Oh, okay. Well, let's talk about... I was curious about any non-showbiz jobs you may have had over the yeah, years. Yeah, like, that
1: was the first paying job I think I ever had, other than... Uh, when I started as a kid to do magic shows and yeah. got paid for them which yeah. I could never believe. I once made thirty five dollars in one night's work. Yeah. I told that to teller, Penn and Teller and he said, I can't believe that. I never got above ten <laughs> <laughs> And then counted for
0: inflation too. You Yeah, this yeah. was
1: in, this were forties dollars yeah. or fifties dollars, let's say. But um as a caddy I made a dollar twenty-five, and I can't remember if that was for nine or eighteen holes. It always felt like eighteen because I bored stiff with the job, hated the game. Uh, I didn't play it, but I hated watching it uh, while some old bastard uh, clumped around the holes at the Nebraska Country at Lincoln Country Club. Um, and one day, I had had enough. I didn't realize it until he hit the ball, and I was, as usual, looking off in another direction. Yeah. And he said, did you see where that went? What the hell's the matter with you? And I said, uh, uh, yeah, that little clump of pines over there, it went in there. <laughs> oh, yeah, are you sure? Because he couldn't see anything. So I went over to the clump of pines, climbed over the fence, went home, and never, never came back. As far as I know, he's still standing there waiting for his ball.
0: Yeah. He must have uh, some fountain of youth that he's drinking, I don't know, but... uh Well,
1: the worst part of the job was there was a humorless German, that isn't always redundant, uh, who um, said, You will now, I am your caddy trainer, we do not want mirth or horsing about. When you get to the fifth hole, and some of you will laugh now, uh, you say to the Claire, uh, uh we suck English, the uh, golfer. Um, may I wash your balls, sir? Yeah. Now, you needn't laugh, you simply say it. I could never bring myself to do it. Once I said, May I wash your golf balls, sir? And I realized that showed what I was avoiding. But it was tough for all of us.
0: You know who else was a caddy? James Elroy. Before he became a writer. Do you know that? No. Yeah. It may explain why he's so crazy, you know?
1: My God. I, well, I wonder how. Have you ever met Is him? there a Caddies Hall of Fame? I wonder. for yeah. For erstwhile Caddies.
0: You and Elroy could start the Caddies Hall of Fame.
1: I think we should. We got two members at least.
0: But this doesn't explain why Groucho. <laughs> Groucho, when he appeared on your show, always wore that uh, hat, the beret with the golf oh, ball God, in it. Oh I, would, I, I wonder if he knew about this caddy experience. I of doubt yours.
1: that, but I would love to know where that hat is. I'd love to have it. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, it was a great, uh, a golfing hat with a little figure on it and a couple of knitted uh, golf balls.
0: You, I suppose you could wear that hat and use a sense memory experiment to go back to your caddy days and recall the. Maybe you might even turn into this German gentleman who you. Or it might earlier. make yeah. you witty
1: like Groucho. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who knows?
0: I'm curious about this period of you coming to New York and coming into town, you're on the prowl trying to get work as an actor Ugh. before you eventually become a copy boy for Time magazine. That's um, right. I
1: finally made it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I should point out that your efforts to befriend numerous show business figures here in New York uh, would in some cases by today's standards be considered stalking you know jack Parr in the bathroom and all that yeah. uh and I'm, I'm curious were you drawn by the notion of uh, it's who you know rather than what you know or what what was the impetus for this i, um, I had
1: heard that dreadful cliche yeah. uh usually used in the same conversation with i don't know much about art but i know what i like and uh some of my best friends are jews um, in fact, uh, two friends of mine uh, used all three one evening and hit the jackpot, but wow. uh, uh, to get to your And they're question, still your friends? <laughs> uh, they're both dead, so I don't see them that Using often. Using the phrase,
0: killed, them, I presume.
1: It, m- it might. Uh, if cliches could kill. <laughs> but uh, what was the one we were working on? Oh,
0: well, we were kind of talking oh, about... Oh, who you know. Yeah, yeah. Whom,
1: they, no one ever said it's whom you know, no, even don't. though my father was an English teacher. I never did. Um, and I was just drawn... To famous, successful showbiz people and wanted to live among them, really be one of them. Um, and that took me to a cost uh, on my first day in New York, Dave Garraway, who was out in front of the Today show window. Um, and speaking of making rounds as an actor, Wednesday the great uh, Paul Douglas, film actor for those of us older than 30, um, was standing next to me waiting for a light to change on madison avenue and i said mr douglas where would you go to look for work today as an actor and he said i couldn't answer you mm. <laughs> and walked on <laughs> he wasn't even polite he yeah did. yeah he, told he probably had truth.
0: to get to an appointment i'm sure yeah. it wasn't anything personal but I,
1: uh, I still love him in the movies
0: but you managed to coax Groucho into buying you lunch. Uh, and I'm curious if it was a scenario involving charisma or blackmail. I mean, what, what, what happened here? What do you attribute your ability to get on with so many people, uh, so many big bigwigs here? I, or did you given just stalk him that... like Jack Parr?
1: Well, I've never given that much thought. I, I don't know what it is. Something in me appealed to him, apparently, enough. Uh, I met him at George S. Kaufman's funeral. Or after it on the street, Groucho was starting down Fifth Avenue, Puerto Rican Day Parade booming along beside. And I said, Groucho, I'm a big fan of yours. And he said, Well, if I get any hotter, I could use a big fan. And I should have said, Gets any hotter, which is what he said. Retake. <laughs> <laughs> and Groucho said, well, if it gets any hotter, I could use a big fan. There, that's right, isn't it? Yeah, sure, yeah. sure, sure. And the joke still works, yeah, even though it it's does, uh, does. years and years. Actually,
0: we should have like six different attempts at this joke. Yeah. Just to show the Cavett mind.
1: Well, it shows the Groucho mind in a way because I never saw him misspeak a joke or a line. Uh, I only saw Hope, whom I used to... Worship and hang around and watch when I was working for Carson Parr, and when we were out in California, I would watch Hope tape his show all the time and um, once or twice he would blow a monologue a lo- joke yeah and get a bigger laugh about doing that as Johnny could yeah and really any really good comic, can. but uh, where was I oh Groucho um. So we started walking down the street and chatting. Beautiful day. And I remember sort of thinking, this may be the best day of my life. And I'm still not sure it was not. Yeah. Uh, When we got all the way down to the plaza where he was lunching alone. And on the way down, he insulted every doorman and um, a Puerto Rican man in a bright suit Happily enjoying his day, saw Groucho made a great grin and said, "Comedy." <laughs> yeah. And Groucho said, "Tell me, is it true you were cutting sugarcane only a month ago? Uh, you seem to have succeeded with that suit." Well, anyway, it was. It entertained me and the man. Um, and we got to Fifty-Ninth Street, and he said, in the voice from the game show, "Yeah." Well, you seem like a nice young man, and uh, I'd like you to have lunch with me. Yeah. And I thought, am I going to awaken in a moment and find this to be only a dream?
0: But The question I have is why did showbiz appeal, uh, showbiz people appeal more than, say, regular people, like, say, The Doormat, for example. I mean, um, uh, I, I know that over the course of your show you had a number of intriguing cultural figures and yeah. unusual people that wouldn't be on other late-night shows, but on the other hand, it does make me curious why culture in some sense, was the great prism with which you, for, for which you could conduct all these many lengthy conversations with these people. And why, why didn't you yeah. go the Studs Terkel route? I'm curious. Uh,
1: well, how do you see the Studs Terkel route? Well, well Studs Terkel where uh, he talks with to, everybody. Talking I mean, not to, just
0: he talks with writers, he talks to, with uh, ditchmen, you know? Talk to janitors yeah. or in the yeah.
1: politically correct age, custodians. <laughs> exactly. Yeah.
0: Hey, I was actually, I'm old enough when I went to elementary school, they called them custodians back then. So. They did? Yeah, they men. did. Yeah, oh, back in the 70s. Yeah. So, yeah.
1: Well, but, I... Um, I really don't know why a kid in Nebraska felt the siren call of New York. Hollywood didn't mean anything to me. Uh <clears throat> you went to New York as far as I knew. And in those days all television seemed to come from New York and then there was the great exodus to the coast of all the dramatic shows and stuff. But um I know Johnny had the same feeling. He knew that Omaha was not his destiny. Yeah even though he had a 15-minute show there, which made him a huge star in our eyes, that and Lincoln. Um, uh, I, I, I think some people are just born with the urge. I mean, George Burns was born singing, he claims, and wishing there were a spotlight on him. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: I get the spotlight thing. I get the appeal of television. But the question is, is why you also not only pursued those who had fame attached to them but also those who had ideas uh, does this oh. come from a, a reading background or does this something and also it goes back to the question of why not more regular people it would have been interesting to see Groucho and a janitor on, on your show you know
1: yeah well you saw that on Groucho's game show yeah. he had all sorts of ordinary people and he was always nice to them and only Dumbos thought he insulted them yeah um, uh, he was uh, a, a, a nice man in that regard, uh, a prude, oddly enough, on one half of his brain. Yeah. And hilariously dirty on the other half when he wanted to be. Yeah. it was in it, 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 But when nude shows came along on Broadway, Groucho said, you know, this, this world has passed me by. You know, I don't... Uh, yeah. I said, what there's about, a what, show what, called what? Hair now on Broadway, and, and I'm sure that's an appropriate name. And, yeah. uh I... Uh, I was going to go to it to see the naked people, but um, this will give you an idea of the prices then, he said. But I looked at myself in the mirror and saved $8. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but back to Cavett and real people, the question I posed to Oh, the, re- to you. the yeah. real people. Why more? why not more real people? I mean, maybe you did well,
1: this... Who are, aren't show business people real? Well, they are. One or two. They are. Maybe yeah. Maybe we can make a yes. case
0: for more on one hand, you know?
1: <laughs> Nixon, when he came out to... Uh, East Hampton once for while campaigning was not treated very nicely apparently so he came to Montauk and said I'm glad to be out here in Montauk where the real people are Um, I don't know what makes them realer in Montauk nor did he of course yeah but uh, the great unindicted co-conspirator got a lot of laughs campaigning on the beach in East Hampton in his the blue suit and tie that he was born in, yeah. and the black shoes, which filled with sand as he walks along the beach. and yeah.
0: <laughs> Maybe maybe I can phrase this question another way. This line of questioning: How do you separate the real private Cabot from the Cabot who appears on television, whether as a guest or a host or what uh,
1: Nobody is what they appear to be on television yeah. uh, entirely, um, because it's a different you that does the show. I had a. Interesting talk with Johnny about the, Johnny Carson. Your listeners will know, I mean, won't yeah. they, not Johnny Walker? Uh, <laughs> well, or both. Um, but uh, it happened once when I was on his show as a guest. Every time a Cavett show went off, Johnny had me on the following Monday, which was a nice, neighborly Nebraska move. <laughs> two Nebraska boys. And uh, well, it's going to be Armed Forces Radio for Richard if the next one doesn't hit, you know. always made some. he always called me Richard in an affectionate way Um, and he said on this night quieting the band a little that was playing extra loud during breaks because he didn't want to have to talk to the guests um, during breaks which is not a bad idea by the way Uh, but he signaled Doc and he looked worried and it was a troubled time in his life I knew he had as someone said, a wife on the ledge and um, a booze problem. But by God, he managed to function on the show always. Uh, <clears throat> sometimes it showed to those who knew him. But anyway, getting back to where I should have been already. Uh, he said, Richard, um, do you ever uh, forget who you had on? I said, well, sure. You know, there's so many guests. He said, no, no. I mean, that night. And I looked a little puzzled. He said, I, I went home the other night and uh, he must have had an Irish doorman because he said, my doorman said, So who was on the show tonight, Mr. Carson? And I said, Well, Liam, we had, um, we had, um, I couldn't think of, but we had, we had the usual four guests, of course. We had, um, he said, it was 20 minutes later before up in my apartment I could think of the name of any of my guests that night. Yeah. And he was worried. He sort of put his hand across his brow like, am I losing it? Yeah. I was, because I liked him so much, uh, I I was glad that I was able to give him a little ease because it triggered something that only weeks before, doing a one-person show, I went home and there were some people there and somebody yelled out, hey, Dick, how'd it go? I said, okay, who was on? Um, um, Ah it took me twenty minutes to come up with the obscure name Lucille Ball (laughs) now how does that happen what it means getting to your question is you're not the same the person who does the show stays there and is there that next night when you go to the studio the you that does the show uh... the other one mercifully is living in another world where there's less pressure and tension uh... and, and he agreed that this was true so I'm not the same. People think Johnny must be just like that all the time, cracking jokes, and all. of course he wasn't. He was the most socially, not necessarily inept, but uncomfortable, uncomfortable man I ever knew. I think off stage,
0: painful I know, for him. I know Letterman has said similar things as well that he yeah. just does not like to socialize outside of the social persona that he presents on his show. Do do you? He's did like you a have person a person
1: in some way? Yeah. and that's what's one of them. Yeah, I mean it. it, it the horror for Dave Letterman would be to go to his party and have to shake hands and talk and gab and chat and sign autographs and make jokes. Uh, or as the inept, say, crack a joke. Somebody said once, God, I saw a picture of you walking in the park with Woody Allen that somebody put in the post. Yeah. Uh, must be great walking around with Woody, with him cracking jokes all the time. I've known Woody to crack four jokes in the years
0: I've known
1: him. <laughs> He just doesn't do that. He he says, among the funniest things anyone's ever said. Yeah,
0: yeah. But would you he, say he's that not
1: going to say? Here's one. Uh, my mother-in-law is so fat that uh, you know.
0: Would you say that you yourself are kind of antisocial when you step away from this particular line? Later no, on? I
1: don't have that. Uh, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, I kind of like it. Yeah. Many a time on the seventh floor of NBC, I would rescue Johnny from three tourists who happened to take the wrong turn leaving the studio hey Johnny come on over here meet my wife and he would just cringe and I would I'd say Johnny you're wanted on the phone
0: there's one thing I always was curious about and you have alluded over the years in other interviews and the like that you have had to learn to listen over the course of being a talk show host which Mm -hmm. leads me to kind of tie it into this last question of how much is this act of listening related to this persona meaning if when you listen to someone, is it uh, a kind of listening in which it's almost a telegenic form of listening, or it's a sort of listening that comes with uh, the, the the Cabot persona, or
1: whatever it is, it doesn't come easy at first. I was doing a thing with Jimmy Fallon the other day for uh, a New York Magazine article about the two of us. Uh, well, I mean, um, and w- at one point he sat on my knee for the photographer like a dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was a lot of, we had more fun doing this, but um, we, we, we talked about that, and, and he said, I, when I read your book, I just got turned cold many times with identification, the book Cabot. When you talked about sitting there, and you realize the guest's lips have stopped moving, <laughs> you haven't been listening or you're distracted by a signal over to the side that somebody held up on a card and then took away before you got to read it and somebody else is making a hurry up signal and somebody else seems to be fainting and so you know, and, and five things are trying to are filling your receptors except not the one that you're supposed to be doing which is listening to the guest yeah i mean you can have a Somebody said later, why, why don't you have an all purpose question that no matter what they said, you can say? Like, you know, have you ever had a near fatal accident or do you pee in the shower? Something that applies to everybody.
0: Maybe do you have a catalog of quips in your head that applies to such circumstances? I don't really.
1: I never took that advice. Yeah. But I just learned that the, what looks so. On the screen, the viewer sees two people.
0: Yeah.
1: And nothing distracting except those two people. But the two people sitting there, particularly the host, who thinks, I shouldn't have talked about that. Am I ever going to get time to get this in? Did they just signal me just now? Is this person drunk um, as they appears? Uh, what, if so, uh, you know. So there are 20 things in your head, and they're supposed to be one.
0: Yeah. The ABC incarnation of your show, you had often notes there. You didn't have any such notes, at least none that I can see, in the PBS incarnation of your show. I don't know if there mm. were cue cards or whether... This relates to something that I'm curious about and that is preparation for an interview. You used to early on be very keen on this and gradually drift away. I mean, how yeah. much is how much is over preparation with
1: you? Uh, you can over prepare quite dangerously. Um, the hard part of that is that you think, "Oh god, we're We've only got several minutes left or one segment left and all that stuff that I worked on, I'm not getting... What did the guest just say? (laughs) It happens. And you have to recognize that what's happening might be as good as anything you've prepared. Yeah. Since you haven't asked me, out of politeness, what's the best lesson you can learn about doing a talk show? (laughs) Shall I tell you? Feel free. Feel free. I think it (laughs) relates to this particular topic. Uh, Yeah. It, It was from Jack Parr. Naturally, in a way, uh, who to me was the most dynamic, dangerous, interesting, fascinating, worrisome, neurotic, appealing, unlook-away-fromable personality ever on a television screen. Yeah. Uh, and um, so he said, "You're going to do a talk show, okay, kid." He said, after when it came out that I was a, a-, a-, a little advice. Uh, y- you don't have to take it, but it- 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 I think it's good. Um, uh, don't do interviews. That, that's, you know, that, that, that's clipboards and David Frost and what's your favorite color and, you know, don't ever do interviews. Make it a conversation. Yeah. I didn't get it at first. Yeah. Then I realized, that's exactly what Jack did. Uh, he, he broke the mold of, um, and now my fourth question, you know, or, that awful phrase that now everyone's obliged to use, apparently everywhere on CNN and everywhere, yeah. "Let me ask you this." Uh. Decades went by when nobody said, "Let me ask you this." And I always want to say, I didn't to a guest once who said, "Let me ask you this." And I said, "Who's yeah. stopping you?" Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you just snap with those things. Um, the icky word "share." S-H-A-R-E, which comes from Est, by the way. Someone told me, remember E-S-T and Werner Erhard? Yeah. Um, I lost a couple friends to Est. Uh, My guest said, I have something I'd like to share with you. And I said, why don't you give us all of it? Yeah. <laughs> and there was a clap from some people in the audience. <laughs>
0: I'm curious what you would think of the present digital term, oversharing, which is used in relation to You Facebook just introduced
1: Facebook. me to it. Oh. Oversharing? Yes. Well, because oh. now... This is a learning experience oh, yes. with you.
0: Oh, yes. Oh, oh yeah. Thank you. Yes, you problem. Okay. Yeah, no worries. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, oversharing... A
1: hooker just came to the table and we... Sh- <laughs> took her away yes yeah.
0: and dick was eyeing her big time no. <laughs> no no i wasn't <laughs> uh, no. um oversharing because people share all manner of personal information about themselves online yeah. what now happens is is uh it's often too much oversharing I mean, is oversharing good- is now a, a form that and I, I possibly a valid word particularly for those anyone who values any shred of privacy but of course privacy is of course dead in the digital age mm-hmm. you know, you could, if, I, if I was on if I had an actual uh, smartphone on me I could then tw- Twitter right now I could get oh, yeah. Twitter, I could go, I'm talking with Dick Cabot right now, which,
1: how Well, how? you know, Fallon yeah. said uh, you know, he, he he can Twitter during the show I yeah. could never do that yeah. and he'll say, he'll look down and up come the words, don't try one like that again <laughs> What a joke or something it takes a real man to do that um, but uh yeah, oversharing is a good word. Uh, among the people who got away, since people sometimes say you seem to get everybody and nobody else could get, um, I'm not sure Barbara Walters has ever forgiven me for getting Catherine Hepburn first. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, how uh, uh, you know, uh, how did you do that, and who didn't you get? Yeah. For whom? And I, well, Mike Nichols would be one, fabulous talker. Yeah. Um, and I saw him once and I said, are you ever going to do the show? And he said, well, I am going to London right now, but when I get back, maybe I'll be in a mood to share and share. <laughs> share and share. Share and share. Wow. And we both laughed, of course. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this actually makes me wonder. I know that for a time, you, you alluded, at least in other interviews, that you booked your own guests. Other conversations. Yes, other conversations. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I'm in conversation with Dick Cavett. You are right yes, now, yeah. So this is not an interview. Not an interview. It's a sign flashing that yes, says that. <laughs> It's a David Marks novel, um, but uh, I'm curious uh, to what degree did you book and did this come with the I suppose over preparation process? Because you alluded in in a, another conversation that you had attempted to get Frank Sinatra on your show and you ended up oh, telephoning yeah. one of his goons personally. And you told him, you know, who the hell are you, basically. Yeah. So I'm curious Uh, when that stopped and when you dug it. I'm so
1: sorry I never got Sinatra. We would have had the best time. Met him several times. Uh, Maybe he wanted to do it. I just kicked myself for not pursuing it a little more. Yeah. Uh, I was a guest at a home where he was once, and we chatted that night. And then I had to leave early in the morning and didn't get to see him again, and I might have done it then.
0: Did you or he Uh, have the cold?
1: A, a cold? Yeah. Oh, I know what you're yeah,
0: yeah. alluding I'm, I'm to. I'm wondering if you had it or he did, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what was that? A famous article called Mr. Sinatra has Frank a cold? Frank Sinatra has a cold, has a cold? Yeah. yeah. Gay Talese. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Gay Talese, right. Um, uh, but, um, no, but one day I called a number somebody gave me that they thought might do it. Oh, thank you. She's thank you. back. She's back. You She's back. No, that's fine. Just coffee? Uh, I think that's okay. Yeah. yeah this would be nice for the listener to hear hear actual uh, service we have this on this it's 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 a good idea I think you should you were wise to do that Uh, where was I oh Sinatra Uh, I mean Mr. Sinatra Um, I I had a number and somebody said call this and ask for Rocky or Mickey or somebody and I did and I said I don't know who the hell you are And, uh, and I said what a coincidence so I guess I blew that one. Um,
0: but in that case, you had to make the call yourself uh, because it was Sinatra. Did you have to make the call yourself to book certain guests who were big, like Brando or something, or was it a scenario? N-
1: no, was- I don't know if in any case my original breaking of the ice with somebody was what did it. Usually the staff would try everybody Yeah. yeah. <laughs> wisely. And They call you in to close the deal. Well, then they would say, "Come, come on, and uh, he wants to have a, he wants you to come have a talk with him, uh, or on the phone, or yeah. rarely lunch." Um, I spoke to Mr. Brando for three hours, the first time over the phone. Couldn't shut him up. Some would say, uh, rudely and wrongly, because um, I th- I would have gone for eight if I could have. That tape, which I secretly made and am confessing to now, burned in the fire. Oh, no. Yeah. I can remember only bits of it. You one were secretly th-
0: taping your, all of your phone conversations? No,
1: but I did the one with Brando. Yeah, and, and here you were
0: going after Nixon. Turning for the say. tape yeah. over
1: both sides, and, can, and the sun was up when we started, and the moon was up when we ended. I remember a phrase he used. The man stupidly called Mumbles Brando um, by columnist was a had a great gift for language if you've ever heard him really talk and um, he said you're from Nebraska aren't you and I said yeah I feel a, a foolish kinship with you a foolish kinship is not a yeah a locution that most people use yeah uh, it could be from Midsummer Night's Dream, for all I know. Uh, he, um, and he did a lot of those things. Once he said, I'm in an emotional backwater right now, and it's kind of hard to talk. And I thought, There's another good phrase. A kind of emotional backwater, he said. Um, so, uh, But yeah, uh, often the staff would try them, and then if there was any chance that my talking to them would help. Yeah. I almost got Cary Grant to agree, and I'll always forget. I had a long, nice talk with him on the phone, but he said, "Oh well, they'll find out how dumb I am." Mister Grant, you could only be so dumb, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) And again, your life is so busy when you're doing 450 minutes a week. I just realized the other day. It took real men to do talk shows then. They were 90 minutes long. Uh, Jack did. an hour and 45 yeah. on the old Tonight Show. A, a trivial question most people don't be surprised at. Uh, until he got sick of it and refused to have the first 15 at 11.15 yeah. kill his monologue because he had to open the show with it and 53 stations didn't carry the first whatever. So he got rid of He put his foot down or through the floor if I know Jack. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, this leads me to wonder if, I mean, now... In today's age, you have to deal with armies of publicists and people who are protecting a particular person to a degree that I think would probably be incommensurate with what you had to deal with back. Yeah, in I think the that's probably 70s. so.
1: People are protected in so many ways, and uh, and also, so many talk appearances are worthless. I mean, yeah. they come on for six minutes, yeah. and three of them are using the word excited. Yeah about how excited they are about their new movie and what an exciting director they had. And isn't this an exciting dress, Dave? I always feel sorry for Dave when he gets those... Uh,
0: mind ...starlets, yeah. a term
1: that went out about 25 years ago, but still conveys it. Yeah. Uh, and he's funny with them, and often they don't realize how funny he's being with them. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like to see that. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it, it, uh,
0: I guess to what extent did that system exist when you were doing this in the 70s and the 80s? I'm sure you had certain publicists who weren't happy with directions that particular conversations went, you know.
1: Yeah, they would be sometimes, but very, very rarely. Um, because the, the old tried-and-true method of the talk show is there were people on the staff called, in the in Jack's days, talent coordinators. I think that lasted through Carson. Yeah. And then I think my show... Uh, Maybe when some of them complained that wasn't a dignified enough title, became segment producers. (laughs) Same job, of course. Which was to call the guest, talk to them as much as you can, get some notes if they'll submit to getting notes, give me the notes, and I use them or don't use them. It's about the best way to do it. Oh, Fallon and I were talking about um, that feeling where you're looking at the guest and they're talking and you think, I'm out. I don't know what's next. And you don't want to be caught looking down at your notes. <laughs> so you try to think what's on it and then and then you glance of course all that takes place in a millisecond, but to you it seems like an eternity. Yeah. Um.
0: well actually I had a I had a quote from Jack O'Brien, the Toledo Blade. Jack June,
1: O'Brien June fifteenth nineteen sixty
0: nine. He said this about your show. His format has the strength of simplicity, his setting is clean, uncluttered, attractively functional. I love that, (laughs) which might be said about Cabot.
1: Attractively functional. Yeah, it
0: makes you sound like an iPhone or something. Yeah, uh, yeah. I I don't want to confuse you with an iPhone, but...
1: Easy to use.
0: I must ask you, I have to ask you about this attractively functional quality that was in the sets. Uh, I have to ask you also about the shag rug that's there for, I believe, two years of the program. The one Catherine
1: Hepburn hated because it was bright orange? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, How are we going to compete with that rug? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, what
0: input did you have into this attractively functional?
1: I never paid the tiniest attention to the set. Um, uh, I, 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 and I just owe it to the set designers that they made something that was worth having and was good and worked and didn't call attention to itself. Yeah. And didn't have flashing lights and things moving in the background like they do on the news networks, just says. horribly distracting yeah Uh, five things on the screen at once which says no one of these is worth your full attention including the person speaking yeah have they dropped that slightly lately or am i imagining it that thing where an interesting person is on the screen talking one of the things television does best only the face and the head and the shoulders and then suddenly in mid-sentence they're reduced to the upper right hand corner of the screen. Well, oh, we I'm see afraid. pictures of a highway and the stock market is below yeah. and the ribbon at the bottom and the you 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 have to force yourself to hear them again as they're moved up there.
0: Yeah.
1: While they show the needless bit of desert that's being talked about or something almost full screen. It just makes me crazy.
0: Television's um, become basically a GUI system like Windows or whatnot. Where basically maybe. GUI, the Graphic User Interface, where right. you have like six things open at the same time as opposed yeah. to, and how and how can you parse something if it's not related to the main thing? I mean, you could also, I mean, I've done video versions of these conversations where I just, I do a Guy Madden kind of cutting style, which is just like, you, but it's, it's actually related to that conversation. It's y- like yeah. some... some flush of the of the hand or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that seems the natural thing to do. You
1: know? But when the person's talking fascinatingly about crime on the yeah. docks yeah. and suddenly they were reduced to two airmail stamp size in the corner of the <laughs> screen. <laughs> yeah. Well, we get a picture of docks. Yeah. And it stays and it stays. And you think, am I supposed to see something there? There's nothing happening. But someone's pushed a computer which shows docks. Yeah. And now two more sentences have gone by from this interesting person that I've missed. I don't know what, what that's all about. It's a nervous kind of not trusting the viewer or the guest, Yeah. to my mind, kind of directing. It's well, silly. And then doesn't it make you mad when they say, look at that thing creeping along the ground. Yeah. And you can't see it because the th- third of the screen at the bottom that's filled with what net, what you're watching yeah. and two other things.
0: Well, this, this relates to, uh, I mean, I'm curious because... I always wanted to know why you had not, you didn't renew your contract after six years at CNBC. You never gave a reason when that occurred. It was just roughly... Um,
1: something stupid happened there. Uh, it isn't that it was my choice not to renew my contract. Uh, they did something that was never fully explained to me, where it was going to cost the stations a hell of a lot more. Uh, stations that A station didn't carry the show then that raised the price, sometimes infinitesimally, to all the rest of the stations. Yeah. And the practice of passing that on would make still another station drop out. Yeah. And they started a chain reaction sort of thing, where any show that was on that, and if Cleveland uh, dropped it for jackpot bowling, then... there was pressure for other stations to, who couldn't, who were paying all they could. At the, it was something like that. Wow. I mean, it sounds
0: some it's, it's, it, weird bracket where they were. It's like a tariff almost. It's high mashug. As,
1: as we say in Nebraska. High mashug.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm curious. <laughs> I'd love
1: to do them again. Yeah. Um, uh, it's fun. Uh, I, you know, I've lived without doing it regularly for a while and can live with it, but you miss even tiny little things like when a guest from on PBS show from the very agency itself says nuclear yeah (laughs) and your fingers go into your palms I mean later we had a president who was among his language skills had that mispronunciation Um, and with 30 seconds to go he said it again and I said nuclear (laughs) well yeah he could almost register his reaction on the Harvard seismograph. Yeah. And a woman in the audience clapped twice, and then went oop. She came up later and said, "I'm sorry. I hope I didn't do a bad thing there, but I have these students, and among the words we've been t- talking about m- misused is nuclear. And I just my heart leapt up when you said that to that bastard." She said in effect.
0: Yeah. Well, the, the question though is, I'm wondering. I sort of, sort of related to this, and I, and I am going to try to wrap things up. Uh, oh, just so i
1: only am warming up. Uh, I know, I'm only
0: warming up, too. Uh, but
1: the guy just pushed my chair in, uh, so we yeah, gonna start a fight. <laughs> Was I in your way?
0: No, you weren't. Oh, okay. A hardy
1: Hand class. Yes. W.C. Field. Are
0: you
1: doing an interview? Uh, yeah, right in the middle of a show. We're on the air and now you are. Oh, oh my, how are you? Tell me your names and I'll yeah, broadcast guys guys? I was <laughs> Professor Castelli and Bona from John Jay College. My God, Professor Castelli from John Jay College. Wow. I just noticed that John Jay College has a Barnes & Noble. Because I'm in a temporary apartment here while I'm moving. Okay. Yeah. And, and are you one of his prize students? I, I,
0: I saw you recently He's on, my N- hero. on Nixon's He's like, in the film. That,
1: that's, that's David Frost, yeah.
0: I know, but they showed you at that point.
1: Yeah, I know. Frost is the one with eyes over his bags. You were better. <laughs>
0: Thank you. you. were much better.
1: Already had a hearty hand Hey, how's this for live radio?
0: Yeah, that's ex- well, it's actually live. It's not actually live. But, yeah. but it is taped, so it will have the illusion of live, so...
1: A witty thing was said about Frost by our own American writer, Calvin Trillin, the only Britisher who can condescend in a working-class accent. That's wicked, isn't it? I'm sorry.
0: Oh, no worries. No worries. Um,
1: that was fun. That's live. That's taking yeah, advantage of it. No,
0: we, we do this all the time on this I show. I've, I've actually been kicked out of uh, restaurants and p- the like, and we oh, keep I'm that sure, in. Yeah. yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's wonderful. I've, there's one hotel where we, every time we do a conversation, they like they are very upset that we would actually go into a vacant ro- uh, like meeting room, and the guy kicks us out, and I keep it all in. It's great. Yeah. I've
1: wondered how uh, yeah. how you get away with it at certain times. Yeah. And some people, What the hell do you think this is? A playhouse for people to put their little shows
0: on? <laughs> yeah, but there's like nobody around. It's like we've got like. I know. 20 vacant rooms, we're in one, anyway. But
1: people will find something to complain about. Well,
0: because it doesn't go by the procedure, apparently. I tried
1: to do a show in a vacant room of the Yale Club recently. Yeah. uh, But they wanted $3,000 for it, so we moved to the Players Club, which was free. Yeah. (laughs) What can we learn from that?
0: Exactly. Well... Tell me. it. So, what I wanted to to, uh, get back into where we sort of strayed was... Oh, I'm uh, sorry. No, no, no worries, no worries. I kind of wanted to talk about... What you've observed in terms of increasing resistance to what you do in terms of these long-form interviews, you were talking oh, earlier about that's like television reduced to a, a Windows operating system uh, or a Mac yeah. operating system or, the, or Linux for the open-source freaks who might be listening to this. I'm going to use that. Yeah.
1: I, um, way back, 10 in the morning, 30 Rock, production meeting for the Johnny Carson Tonight Show, maybe par, uh since I did both um, and I said looking at this rundown there are four guests each has two segments one of them is the great Peter Ustinov yeah. the best talk show guest ever maybe someone else is equally the best talk show guest ever yeah. um, and we have a nightclub singer down for two segments and we have the uh, how to make a salad quickly segment what would be wrong with giving Peter three segments, or maybe four, or maybe in planning it, the whole show? Yeah. Which I did several times with Houston of. Yeah. They're all time capsule shows. Yeah. I was looked at like th- that I should put on a Napoleon hat and uh, be institutionalized. Well, people won't sit still for one person that long. I will. Yeah. I think, probably, I think there's a, probably a woman in New Jersey who will, too. They didn't like it. They didn't get it. You know, go off and do your. When you get a show, you have one guest. i see what it's like.
0: You know, William Peter Blatty. I discovered an interview by him, and he actually thanks you because he was a last-minute guest. You devoted, I think, two segments to him or three segments to him. Yes. And because of that. The Exorcist was name-checked and the rest is history.
1: Yep. yep. So,
0: I mean, you know, a, a lot of people, I think, are indebted... He, I was
1: his talent coordinator. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. And when that I, was
0: entirely by accident. because apparently someone dropped out at the last minute. Yeah. So I. Well,
1: when I started with Jack, they couldn't really hire a writer. The staff was full. So, I hope the statute of limitations has run out on this and you don't send me to jail. Yeah. But, uh, so they made me a booker. Jack said, we're going to make you a booker, kid. Yeah. And, you know, if you want to write anything for me, you can. Well, of course, I wrote every day for it. <laughs> Not being stupid. Uh, and Bladdy was one of the best uh, people I had. You meet a horrible bunch of people as a talent coordinator. Yeah. People who want to be on the show, people who offer you sexual favors, uh, sh- schlocky merchandise.
0: How many patties did you receive over the years? <laughs> How many what? Patties did you receive over the years? I lost in, in the count. mail. I, I lost know. count. <laughs>
1: you know you can't after a while they all seem the same
0: yeah <laughs> but but uh, going back to what seems to be considerable resistance at ABC certainly I, I it seems like but I'm curious if you experienced similar resistance oh, ABC PBS. never
1: resisted really Oh, once in a while they did yeah yeah when the great book by the great D Brown bury my heart at wounded knee came out and I was back in my Indian phase and you can't get me, to use the icky, politically correct phrase, Native American. My Indian friends hate it. Yeah. Um, I booked him for the whole show. Yeah. They thought... Uh, it made the book a bestseller. The audience was riveted by him throughout the show. Yeah. Um, it was a huge bestseller as a result of the show. Now, now and then they'd say, who is this person, as in D. Brown? And then I got Lana, John and Yoko, and then they'd quiet... Yeah, and so on. I didn't get a lot of gas from them
0: but you were able to have writers in this long-form environment and now it seems inconceivable to have a writer even like someone like Chuck Palahniuk even oh. for the last
1: segment yeah, uh, yeah I know of course the Mailer Vidal show notorious as it is which legendary will not yes. die the Museum of Broadcasting did a whole evening about it and with it and had me there uh, Watching that show, which I've probably seen six or seven times, yeah. is like watching a good s- play with drama and scariness and <laughs> everything. Uh, and and when when the format hits that way, it's wonderful. And. Two, three famous writers on that show. You know.
0: The two most popular Mailer clips on YouTube are that one and, of course, the brawl fight that he did with Rip Torn. I'm sure you've seen that. No, there's a crazy. The... It was one of his films, and basically, oh, oh in his Torn, film, yeah, oh, and, his and film, him, he yeah. and Rip Torn are just basically totally at with a. You, you, you actually had the non-violent version. Of there was Mayler. a
1: hammer involved in that. Yes, yes, at one yes. point, whether in rehearsal or what, somebody got injured. It just and, they just started but, going, and the camera yeah. was
0: rolling, and you know, I mean. Oh. I've did, got. Did,
1: I gotta find that. Did you?
0: I, I, Would yeah. your
1: staff help I, me find it? I could.
0: Yeah. I, I could definitely get that in your way. Um, <laughs> did you ever talk with Mailer after that? Whole oh, he was summer? on several times. Yeah, 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 I know. I know Civil. he was. Yeah. But, but uh, did you? Did he? Did you have to capitulate to his considerable hubris? Or <laughs>
1: um, one thing he did was he wrote a book about it. Yeah. And I can't do the title. It was something like an adventure with electronic eons that. Flash in the Night or something like that, a Normanesque title. Um, it was actually originally a long, long magazine article reflecting on what he learned about television on that Cavett show with yeah. Gore Vidal. Um, and I found the book in my bookshelf, having brought it home, apparently not aware that I had it in my envelope one yeah. night. And it was signed to Dick in memory of something that passed in the night norman
0: yeah he also (laughs) tried to intercede in the lillian hellman mary mccarthy brawl which some might argue you were something of an accessory for that well i I, I was the cause (laughs) yeah yeah Uh,
1: that's a long story of course but um well ink was spilled about the mccarthy hellman feud lawsuit um by people from every part of the political spectrum buckley mailer Pete Hamill, who knows, just reams of stuff. Most against Hillman, which he deserved, uh, because the old bag uh, really wanted merely to punish Mary McCarthy and bring her to her knees financially, which she pretty well did, and probably hastened her death. Yeah, yeah. Miss Hillman had the good taste to pass on right after that.
0: Yeah, but but going back to writers, I mean, this is hardly an easy sell. I know that you, in some cases, you auditioned writers before they appeared on the show.
1: Auditioned writers. I,
0: I, re- I read that Blatty said that he had auditioned for your show before he appeared on, on, on it, and I, I, I wanted to f- go straight to the source oh, and figure that out... That would what have the-
1: been, if anything, that would have been the meeting with the talent coordinator, probably, ah, okay. who, who, okay. who re- in, official, in, in fact, was there to see if the guest would be good or bad.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But Blatty had no trouble passing that audition.
0: Huh. So there had to be some quality control with writers on your show to make sure they could actually be on television. Nor yeah,
1: because often that's a pitfall i forgot to warn jimmy fallon about yeah. uh if you're gonna have a favorite writer on find out if they can talk because masters of prose yeah. can't speak in some cases i mean the, the glaring exceptions would be gorby Vidal and yeah. the writers who are brilliant at what they improvise verbally as much as they are on paper but um, Many, many you just can't believe this is the person who turned out that mellifluous prose. Yeah. Can you say mellifluous and Yes, with you can. A mixed audience? And um and yet and yet they they seem semi literate in talking. Yeah. I the guess gifts are separate.
0: What do you make of this development in the last five years? The only place for for writers on talk shows now are places like John Sturt and the Colbert Report and mm-hmm. if you appear on Colbert you essentially have to pretend to be this serious person and let Colbert hog the limelight yeah. I mean it's all very fun but do you think that's possibly damaging the ability for colorful male types be, to appear on TV? It could
1: be yeah. damaging if it weren't Stephen Colbert doing it yeah. uh, because he knows when it's uh, too much yeah. uh, and I just marvel at his instinct for being able to do that in character Yeah. and yet at the same time, get the important info out. Let the writer do so. Say what it's about, so on, and be funny about it. Uh, that that skill and stuart can do that too. It's, it's it's a skill that doesn't come along very often. Yeah. It would be disastrous if somebody without the the smarts and the balls to do it uh, yeah. to try it.
0: On the other <laughs> hand, you can't have brawls or shouting matches like you used to on your show with uh, with Mailer and, and the like you can't allow writers necessarily to have these I suppose colorful digressions <laughs> I mean if they do well, I
1: don't I think don't, there's any law that you can't do that but yeah. maybe the times have changed yeah. or something I, 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 I'm not sure no, no I've never seen Steve Colbert get a guess angry have you one of those no, writers no
0: but but the writers
1: but he gets so close to it that yeah. it's very entertaining
0: but we live now in a scenario in which, you know, Cronkite passed on this year, and now yeah. John Stewart is considered the most trusted newsman in America, a talk show host. <laughs> I mean, you know, what, do, what Who do you would make, have
1: ever predicted it? Yeah,
0: what do you make of, of this dilemma? I, 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 it's really, really uh, quite troubling that actually talk shows are now the place where you at least at least the daily yeah. show where you actually have yeah. serious discussions to some degree and even then you can't show the whole thing you have to have the unexpurgated uh, interview online like recently with the whole Betsy McCoy thing I'm sure you've oh, seen that y- yeah.
1: yeah yeah right um, I don't know what may have changed They're, they're Cronkite and Jon Stewart are widely separated talents yeah both the, with their particular genius for what they do. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know if... The, I'm not very good at analyzing the ethos and I don't know if the world has changed or... I'm not even introspective, so uh, oh. I might not be able to help you on that.
0: Oh, not even introspective. You just did what not you did. Not as I recall.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's actually a very funny place to stop, but uh, I have tons of questions, but Dick, thanks so much for taking the time out. It was a pleasure chatting with you.
1: Okay. You're you're Joe Franklin, is it?
0: Yeah.